0: The Feminist Coach Academy podcast is proudly supported by Perk Digital, podcast management and marketing for professionals and experts. For more information about how podcasts can help you build your career and business, visit perkdigital.com.au. Welcome to the Feminist Coach Academy podcast, where inclusive feminism, business and coaching meet. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the co-founders of the Feminist Coach Academy, Naomi Arnold and Cameron Aaron. We are feminist life and biz coaches, both passionate about helping coaches, therapists, helping professionals. Practitioners and entrepreneurs integrate a feminist lens and perspective into their businesses, life, and client practice.
1: On this podcast, we
0: plan to help you do so. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Cam here, and I am here with FCA graduate Sim Fitzgerald. Hey, Sim. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. This is Sim's second time on the podcast, and really excited to have you here again. I think last time you were on, we mostly focused on you supporting feminist millennials that are going through a quarter-life crisis. And I don't know if you're still doing that or not. I know that you are focusing more on DEI for small businesses. And I know you were doing DEI work before as well, but it seems like you are making that more visible now. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about that shift.
1: Oh, so much has changed. So much has changed. I mean, the slightly ironic part is that I had my own little mini quarter-life crisis again where I thought, you know what, I'm ready to kind of move on from that part of my life. And that I think there was a lot of shifts going on in the world anyway. Like you said, I was already doing DEI work with big organisations And I sort of like compartmentalized the different parts of my work life. There was the small business sim who did the coaching. And then there was the other sim that did the consultancy. And I mean, just look at the world. You've seen what's been happening. And I just saw... I'll tell you exactly when it was. We had, um, I don't know if you noticed it over there in the States, but we had a final of, it was England v Germany. It was a football final, soccer, if you're from the US. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was, you know, there's always these big, I never know how you say it, Ferrari.
0: How you say it? Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh uh,
1: maybe <laughs> big- maybe
0: you're pronouncing it in a different way than we do. I don't know. I keep going. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Anyway, there was a big um there there was, there was um racism off the back of that because okay. um you know people felt that we lost the match because of um down to three back And there was just this like horrendous backlash against them. Everyone around me, like in in the small business world, was just like This is this is horrific. I don't know what to say. Should I say something? I saw everyone struggling, and I thought, you know what, I can help. (laughs) And I'm sitting here and not helping when you know, not in the sense that oh, I've got the whole answer. I've got the answer to this whole issue, but you know, I was already doing DEI work with big businesses, so I sort of just said, oh, hey, I've got this idea, you know, for an offer that I could put out there. Would you? Be interested in it, and yeah, people started biting my hand off, and there we go. And whole new business was born, and yeah, I just enjoyed it so much that I've moved over. Although I I, I am going to bring the coaching back at some point, but for now, yeah, I'm focusing mainly on or solely on DEI now, but especially the bit I love the most. Don't don't tell the big clients this, but (laughs) 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 the bit I love the most is working with solo entrepreneurs specifically service-based businesses because I just don't feel that there is much out there for them yes like you google how do I make my business more inclusive and you get results like you know mostly about recruitment it'll say things like you know deliver training to your team well I don't have a team you know make sure Look, you know, HR, I don't have an HR process, you know, they don't have all of these things in place. So I think there's a real desire to want to do something, but just not the information out there about how to do it. So,
0: Mm, yeah, that's true. And so, given that, what are some of the differences that you see with helping a solo business owner who doesn't have a team incorporate DEI work as opposed to? a team or an organization or a company?
1: I think the biggest difference, like I get the impression you're asking me about like practically what's different. Yeah, exactly. But difference before you even get there is yes. just desire to do it. Mm, yeah. Um, what I found to big organizations is that I am often having to like make the business case for mm. DEI, which I have very, very mixed feelings about because you kind of gotta you've got to do what you've got to do to get people to like buy into it. And I don't love having to go down that route, but whatever. I don't have to do any of that with small businesses. By the time they approach me, they are ready, they are willing. Sure, there is some fear there, but there's very much a willingness to to do it. I think in lots of ways, there isn't a huge huge difference in terms of what you can actually do obviously it depends on on the business itself you know big businesses that deliver services the same principles apply it's just that I think the conversation hasn't moved on from it hasn't moved on from oh let's do some unconscious bias training let's do some (laughs) you know that's like look at where we're let's let's review our recruitment processes it hasn't really got much further on from from that point I think probably one of the biggest things that I see for small business owners is there's a lot of stuff about accessibility particularly around like social media and your content that you put out there oh yes a lot of very simple things that you can do to make your content more accessible so the most common ones that I see are things like not doing image descriptions so you know bearing in mind that some if you're if you're assuming someone can't see that image or that image is difficult for them to see that there is like a a way that that image is described color contrast is another one so I see you know you see a lot of like pretty pastel colors on Instagram but you'll sometimes get you know dark pink writing on blush pink background or whatever and the color contrast isn't good enough to be able to Tell right the between them basic things like including your pronouns in your in your bio so these are all very like practical things that are quite like i kind of hate to use the term quick win when it comes to dei but there are some very like basic things right. small business owners can do just with their content and then yes. it re-
0: okay well we failed to do the image captions so yeah that's something we could do better
1: (laughs) so yeah learn something new every day Um, Yeah, for sure yeah yeah. and then I think it very much depends on what the services that the small business owner is running but there are often some DEI touch points in there so areas where you obviously systems of oppression all of them can show up everywhere Mm -hmm. all the time but depending on what you are doing, there will be some areas that will be more relevant. So, for example, if you are a nutrition coach, there's going to be a lot of stuff showing up around anti-fatness, for example. Yeah, ableism. Yeah. Yeah, ableism, anti-fatness, and of course that that is and
0: healthism, which yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, this all things that I that Sorry. I kind of my understanding about in FCA, you know, even someone like a website designer has to think about accessibility and ableism that comes up there too. Yes, a design a graphic designer might need to think about again accessibility, but also things around gender might come up because you can very much gender design in terms mm. of you've got your uh, you've got marketing. your marketing yeah and your your fonts there if you know people will often talk about this like feminine or masculine like female mm. design so you know it's I think one of the first steps is identifying what the main touch points are um, yes yeah in your business yes
0: those are some great practical tips thank you for that I want to go back to yes this like you know you mentioned like companies kind of focusing on recruitment and unconscious bias and some people might be thinking well wait what, shouldn't we be doing that what's wrong with that and so there's this focus on diversity and mm-hmm. I think it shows up in small businesses as well where it's like oh I'll just focus on making my images more diverse right and then it kind of stops there or you don't really know what else to do And there's less of a focus on the inclusion and the equity part. And it's like, you need more than, you know, diversity, right? You need to make your spaces and your business, you need to disrupt the system. You need to make sure that it's designed for oppressed peoples, right? So, well, you can explain this better than me, but I know you have an issue with the term diversity.
1: Um. I'm with you. I'm getting a little bit tired of all the chat about diversity because, I mean, I get the appeal of it. It tends to be the thing that makes you first think, oh, hey, maybe I've got a problem. If you're looking around your small business and you're, you know, most people are seeing white cis women looking back at them on their Zoom calls and they sort of think, ah, why is that? So I get that it is something that people think about. It's also the thing that other people can see as well. So one of the challenges around this is that we so easily tie our identity to this. It becomes about how much of a good person we are oh. and how much we're showing ourselves to be. And I, and I so I see the appeal of diversity in that sense. If you can show you know, difference on your website, it can make you feel like you're doing something. But I think what sort of people are kind potentially like starting in the wrong place because I'm not saying diversity is unimportant. I think diversity is more a symptom. We should be looking at it as a symptom. If there isn't diversity, why is that? What is that telling me about my space? And the answer is often, well, I haven't been thinking about inclusion. I haven't been thinking about equity. And again, diversity can be a good indicator, particularly if you're looking at diversity in different parts of your business. So, you know, I'm not keen on the word funnel, but I feel like a lot of small business owners will know that. But if you're looking at the diversity at all parts of your funnel, you might find that you've got a you know, maybe you've got a diverse Instagram following, but it's not quite following through to having diverse participants in your programme or what's happening at what point. So I I remember working with somebody who had diversity in their one-to-one clients, but not in a group programme. And so that tells you something. You can look at that and say, okay, well, what are you doing? How are you making people feel seen and understood? How are you meeting their access needs in your one to one service that you're not doing in your group program and sometimes the answer is around you know setting expectations for your people in that group environment about things like what language to use what your shared values are around inclusion really managing conversations that might touch on on things that where there's like a power dynamic at play as well. So,
0: and like, yeah. so like being really clear about, we're like, we're not going to tolerate racism here. We're not going to, you know, these are our values, like use gender inclusive language, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, and I think what often happens is like one thing I noticed Facebook has got this, um, if you, I know Facebook groups are kind of a bit dead now, everyone seems to be closing <laughs> them, but when you set up a Facebook group, it's got these suggested group rules and there's one that is no hate speech or bullying. And I just think it's the most useless rule yeah. ever. Yeah. Nobody, nobody comes and goes, Oh, oh, right. I was going to come in here and abuse everyone. Me out. I'll see myself out, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. And right. Being specific about Being specific. what. Exactly, because most people aren't coming into a Facebook group with the deliberate intention of excluding people.
0: Right. So I guess even when I said, you know, we're not going to be tolerate racism here, it's like, well, racism may show up because that's what we're taught. And you may not be aware of all of the things that you say that may or may not be racist. And, but then when it shows up, it's like, how are we going to deal with it? And how are you going to be responsive to that? So yeah. I guess setting expectations around that yeah. to the, the clients and the customers and the people coming in, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And also thinking about how conversations might unfold. So I remember conversations that would happen in business memberships or business networks after there'd been like a critical race incident or you know transphobia or something, and there being discussions about it, and there being no awareness about who was in the room. Right. You would get white people talking about their feelings about racism and what would happen and you would have black and brown a lot of people of colour looking on sort of like not really being part of the conversation when you know they were the ones that were most directly affected so preempting some of that and sometimes giving a bit of guidance so if you are doing a post about that you might need to explicitly say something like being mindful of, of all of our lived experiences there are you know black and brown people in here and maybe give guidance about how we can how we can talk about these issues in in an appropriate way
0: that's a great point that is something that came up for us on a call that I think it was a call centered on gender conversations and there were non-binary people present and cis people were talking As if there weren't non binary people present, and as if, and it was, you know, it could have been potentially, it was kind of offensive. I don't, no one expressed being offended, but it was okay, you're not seeing how you're centering your cis perspective here. And it's, and so that was a moment that taught us we, okay, now we need to say something. When we have these calls, we need to remind people who's in the room to be and to be thoughtful about who's in this space. And that, you know, there are people with different identities here. And, you know, it's like so that was definitely a teaching moment for us. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging to navigate sometimes as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Do you want to co-create a new industry standard? For helping professionals and entrepreneurs like yourself, where you are devoted to the praxis of inclusive feminism in your life, business, and client practice, in order to truly serve yourself, your clients, and society in more nuanced, whole, liberating, and long-lasting ways, then we invite you to join our Feminist Coach Theory Training. Go to feministcoachacademycourses.com to enroll today. We hope to see you in our community and co-create this vision together.
1: Being a DEI consultant, I do not have all the answers. I think people assume that I find this stuff really easy, that I know it, that I never have any fear, that I just say what I want to say. And, you know, I, I'll sometimes, you know, post on social media. And if it's a particularly like something that I feel is quite... Um, i mean no one ultimately cares but if i feel like i'm saying something that's a bit bit risky you know i have to kind of post and then like go and sit down and calm myself down as well so you know i'm susceptible to all of these things it is really tricky to navigate Mm -hmm. and I because there isn't one right you know people with marginalized identities they we we've all got different experiences that means there is no one right way i wish i could hand you a book or, you know, we could create a book that was like, here is the definitive right way to treat everybody in the whole world. And then we will all feel included. We will be like, no systems of oppression left anymore. And And it'll be great. Yeah. So it's a real challenge. And also just picking up on your point about, you know, because we're talking about quite overt conversations about things like gender or race or whatever it might be. But also just being mindful of the dynamics in the room, even when you're talking about everyday business shit and looking at, I can swear on here, right?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I just did. Yeah, is just being mindful of dynamics because you start to notice that, like, who's getting to speak most, who's getting to, who's referring each other to who, who's, there are certain things that happen that you really need to be keeping an eye out for because they're not very, they're not very obvious things like who is not contributing, who is, who's joining your membership and then leaving within a couple of months. Yeah. These are the kinds of things that like you have to start noticing all of the, all, the, all of the, not just the spoken, obvious things in relation to, Systems of oppression, but just the subtle ways that they're operating because they're always there,
0: right? Like who's dominating in the space?
1: And I don't, so I, you know, I'll speak for myself. I don't necessarily need to have a duplicate of me in the room. Well, right, exactly, like, and I, I feel the same way. Yeah. So it goes back to this whole diversity and inclusion thing, yes. doesn't it? I like, do yes. actually need another one of me to feel. No, included? that's a good point.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of my own where that has shown it because it has shown up where I have been in spaces where, yeah, no one else shares the, you know, some of the identities that I have and the marginalized identities I have and it felt totally fine whatsoever.
1: I've got a good example. I've been on okay. FCA before. Oh really? <laughs> oh good. <laughs> where like um I've been the the only brown person in the room. But it's not at all felt like a thing. It has felt like because what's very rare that I did have an FCA is actually being able to bring up the issue of my race where it was relevant to something that I was struggling. You know, because we would bring we would bring things that we wanted to talk talk about to the call. Sometimes that would be about race for me because I'm brown. <laughs> That's. Yeah how I moved through the world and it just wasn't, it wasn't a thing. People were able to listen. People were able to, yeah, it, there was no discomfort around it. Whereas I absolutely, in the majority of other spaces, it's not a thing I bring up very often because I don't feel confident in the response that I might get. So that's another point why we don't need to get so hung up on diversity. We if we focus on inclusion, if we focus on equity, then diversity may well be a natural byproduct of that. We kind of don't need to artificially manufacture that diversity. Yes, that's an excellent point. And I'm really
0: glad to hear that. But yes, that's that's something to to think about. That's something to really, really that's a really important point and something to really think about. And I encourage everyone to Marinate on that. Well, one of the things that I, one of the posts that I saw on and, uh, on Instagram that you posted was, learning all of the theory is pointless if you don't put it into practice. Mm-hmm. And yes, I I love that point. And you know, in FCA, of course, we do stress both theory and practice. Because we've also seen the opposite as well, where people taking action too fast and not really understanding, mm-hmm. having a deeper understanding of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And, but then of course, there's a lot of people who are sort of stuck in the theory and they're not taking action because they might be too afraid, mm-hmm. afraid of getting it wrong. And, afraid of fucking up and you know all of that which I'm sure you deal with all the time with especially like you said with solo business owners
1: yeah and I'll be honest I was one of those people that got really stuck in theory because I am someone who's very theoretical I did my master's in race and ethnicity yes because I care and a lot because it's so fascinating the history of it so interesting and you can feel like you're doing a lot because you you know the words you know to say intersectionality you know <laughs> <laughs> you like reel off the slogans and and you sort of just forget that okay that doesn't actually make any difference in the world it's not like osmosis like you just I don't know oh I
0: know I I was similar. Like, I loved studying like feminist and gender theory and queer theory. And even just for the sake of the philosophy of it and the theory, you know. And, but of course, I'm very practical too. And, and that was an issue I saw in academia where it's like, we're all sitting around talking about the theory. But how does this actually play out in our real everyday lives?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It may, it reminds me of, um, makes me laugh because we were, so I did my undergrad where I did a module on race and ethnicity. That's how I really got into it. I did it in, uh, I think it was like 2004, something like that. And everyone was talking about this post-racial world. What <laughs> beyond race? So academia had moved on beyond the real world, and there was this. <laughs> I'm Sorry, I just have them. to laugh. I'm not going to name them. But they were very like, you know, we need to move to a post-racial world. And, and then they did some research where they were like, I'm going to let people, let the children decide for themselves what words they want to use to define themselves in terms of their ethnicity, which because this is a post-racial world now. And of course they said, like black, Asian, like all the existing categories, because the world isn't actually post-racial so I've always felt like it's always that was a bit like, of a fantasy. Yeah, this was like a really big moment for me where I was like, hang on, we're all here like sitting under this apple tree, scratching our heads like, mm, yeah, post-racial world. But, and forget that we actually live in the world. Um, <laughs> and like we kind of have to deal with the one that we've got. So, right, yeah. So yeah, what does it look like in practice? And, and it's interesting you say about that, people wanting to run with the practice before understanding the theory. It's one of the things- I would where say I, that
0: maybe not quite as common as the reverse, but I have seen it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's why I find Instagram really difficult because it the top tips format works really well.
0: <laughs> I know, I hate top tips. I had a.
1: Um, but I
0: like a, yours. I mean, I, I get, but you say you hate it, you know. But I mean, I like giving tips on one hand, but on the other hand, it's just like this. I'm sorry I interrupt you. It's like this it's desire for a quick fix.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did this post. It did really well by Instagram standards these days and got like, my reach was like out of this world, like 200 people or something. I don't know. That's unheard of these days. Wow. <laughs> like you know people really lapped it up it was really like there was loads of saves on it and everyone was going oh great I thought they were sharing it to their stories they were saying it was it was I started off being like you can do this one in less than five minutes and everyone was on it loads of people made a change and I could tell what had happened was they'd gone sorry this is a podcast as well yeah, isn't no
0: it? but yeah yeah but that's pat on your pat <laughs> your 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 shoulder yeah <laughs>
1: They sort of fatted themselves in the back and was like, I'm good at inclusion now. <laughs> so my next post was, yeah, about that last... <laughs> I know, I
0: love your post because you'll share a tip. And then the next post is like, yeah, so about that
1: one. Um... <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit awkward because you all kind of went off being like, oh, I'm so inclusive, I love being inclusive, but that's not what I'm trying to do here. So... Yeah, it's a tension I'm always trying to walk all the time on Instagram because you want to be, I want to be helpful. I want to make a difference, but there's also a level of understanding that's needed. And also it's not one size fits all. I would give different advice
0: to different business owners. Yeah, absolutely. And the same in FCA, you know, there's a lot of concepts and theories and, you know, there are suggestions, but again, it's going to depend on, your particular business and practice and culture. You know, we have students from all over the world and who's where English is not their first language, you know, so there's some of these things that we suggest like being gender inclusive with the language. Can be a little more challenging depending on what languages you speak, and you know. So there's all of it's going to vary, and it's going to depend, you know, on the individual and those other factors. Yeah, there isn't a one size fits all approach, but it's like here's the theory, here's a framework, and apply it to your context.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what people often really need help with is the application. Exactly. Yes. I think people have got fearful of thinking for themselves around this because mm. people are so scared of getting it wrong. and They don't dare use their things. You know, they might have an idea. You know, people will often have ideas about what they can do. Endlessly mull it over. Is it the right thing to do? <laughs> Right. Um, Sometimes
0: you do need to just kind of make mistakes. I mean, yeah. I have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. a good question for that that I found really helpful for myself is assume that I will get it wrong what would it look like if I got it wrong and handled it brilliantly mm, love that and that is what I remind myself of when I'm like when I've got the fear for you know yeah when I'm about to do something that feels quite bum-clenching to me that's something yeah. that i myself up so it might you know other people might find that question helpful as well
0: yes absolutely I love that well this has been an awesome conversation and we are coming to the end of our time thank you so much and tell people how they can connect with you and any offerings that you have that you
1: want to share yeah so the best place to find me is probably on instagram I am sim does dei but it's sim dot does dot dei i'm regretting putting the dots in because <laughs> a bit, a bit annoying. Um, my website is simfitzgerald.com i have an inclusive content toolkit which is a very small part of what we need to do to build an inclusive business but content is as good a place as any to start so that is a guide that I've written, but I review it every every quarter so you get all the updates and it includes quite a lot of accessibility stuff that I talked about at the beginning of the, the episode. Um, aside from that, I'm going to be really honest with you and say I'm still building out my offers and seeing what I love doing and how I can best help people. So yeah, follow me on Instagram and see what I come up with. <laughs> yes, that's awesome and we'll have those
0: links to your website and social media in the description so people check those out and yeah this was
1: fantastic i feel very honored to have been on this podcast twice
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh well i am honored to have you on Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please go to www.feministcoachacademy.com to learn more about our training, to grab our freebies. We have a number of freebies available for you and to learn more about who we are and to listen to more podcast episodes. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast in iTunes or Spotify and that you're following us on social media at Feminist Coach Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And if you love our podcast, we would love it if you would rate and write us a review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a joyful rest of your day.